to the Red Light Report. Your number one source for all things red light therapy. Where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining me on another solo sode of the Red Light Report. Of course, it's yours truly, Dr. Mike Belkowski on the call here, and we're going to continue plugging along where we left off the previous solo sode, where we're going to finish off reading and learning from the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook, kind of a mouthful, the third edition, which we've been going through the past handful of solo sodes. And just as a quick reminder, last solo sode, we uh, covered the following topics, skin health, sleep, and thyroid health. Uh, that episode was was released back on May 26th. The one before that was pet health and preconditioning. The one before that was inflammation, the immune system, oral health and pain, and so on and so forth. And so again, today, we are going to wrap up the ebook with the following topics. Woman's health, wound healing, safety, considerations, and then also cover some FAQs so that you guys get a lot of your questions hopefully answered. Before we take off here, I'll, I'll tell you guys, I'm currently updating the ebook to bring it to its fourth edition. And I'll tell you guys, there are going to be a lot of updates. I'm basically updating all the current sections we have or all the different health conditions we have. I'm updating the information. So you know that first part of each section is the informational part of the section. Then there's the research part of the section. So basically all of the sections are going to be updated with research. And then some of the protocols as, as appropriate based on the research will also be updated. And on top of that, I'll even tell you guys what's on my list, what I'm going to look to add to the next ebook. Stuff on adrenals, fertility, how protocols work for differently sized devices, how to treat with melanated skin or melanin, some information and potentially some protocols on gut health or gut dysbiosis, respiratory system, and kind of along the same lines as the respiratory system, how to treat asthma or the lungs in general or allergies and mold, and then a breast cyst arthritis for the hands or knees or really any joint. And then this is going to be a tough one, but I'll, I'll look into the research and see if there's any benefits or efficacy for treating through the soles of your feet or the palm of your hands, because those can be very sensitive areas in a positive way. So maybe they'll respond differently or better with light. So those are some of the topics I'll try to add and, and produce protocols for. And as a quick reminder, the only way I am able and willing to really put a protocol in the ebook and, and sell it or include it with uh, a BioLite purchase is if there's enough information and or research that'll give me enough of a definitive substance or sustenance where I can there go forward and produce these protocols. Because I'm not just producing these off the top of my head or, or just throwing some numbers and or variables together and hoping that they're looking good on, on a piece of paper. These are all based on the most recent, highest quality research and information available. So yeah, really excited to get this new ebook out to you guys. I mean, based on how many sections and, and research and protocols I'll be adding, this ebook could be upwards of 150 pages. In its current edition, it's around 100. 
So this next one is going to be pretty darn big. So you're gonna have a lot more information with this ebook. And so that's why I continue to update it at least a couple of times a year because between six months of time, there's been a lot of information and research that's been released that would necessitate these updates. So that's kind of my goal with the ebook is to always keep people, whether you're a customer of BioLite or just interested in red light therapy, to keep you, the consumer of red light therapy, as up-to-date as possible. And with that being said, let's continue along our journey through the third edition with women's health. And so at the time that I produced this ebook, the third edition, there were three big topics or health conditions in women's health that seemed to be positively affected by red light therapy. They are breast cancer-related lymphedema, dysmenorrhea, and endometriosis. So we'll cover those three in the informational section here at the beginning, and then we'll jump into the research and see what that has to say. But beginning with breast cancer-related lymphedema, so a considerable number of breast cancer survivors suffer from the secondary lymphedema due to cancer-related treatments, whether it's surgery and or uh, radiation therapy. And despite efforts to reduce lymphedema rates with new surgical techniques, the axillary dissection as a standard for clinically node negative patients, breast cancer-related lymphedema remains a relevant concern. A recent systematic review estimated that more than one out of five women who survive breast cancer are affected by breast cancer-related lymphedema, which has a significant impact on breast cancer survivors, including declined physical function and increased disability, which of course negatively affects the quality of life. The past two decades, photobiomodulation, which is of course another term for red light therapy, has been promoted and researched for the management of breast cancer-related lymphedema. Red light therapy has been used to reduce inflammation, promote lymph vessel regeneration, improve lymphatic motility, and prevent tissue fibrosis. The aforementioned primary reactions stimulate a cascade of secondary reactions at a cellular level, involving intracellular signaling and leading to stimulation of cytokine reactions in nitric oxide production. The release of growth factors upregulation of ATP, or energy production, and increased metabolism, changes in redox signaling, increased reactive oxygen species, and therefore cell proliferation. So that is a laundry list of things that red light therapy can help with. And based upon a 2017 systematic review, Red light therapy in the management of breast cancer-related lymphedema is more effective for limb edema reduction than sham and no treatment at a short-term follow-up, and not more effective than other conventional treatments. So kind of interesting, red light therapy is better than doing nothing, but not necessarily more effective than other treatments. Data suggests that red light therapy may be an effective treatment approach for women with breast cancer-related lymphedema. So it's kind of like a good news, not necessarily bad news, but so red light therapy can be effective as far as promoting all those things I just mentioned in the previous paragraph here. And I'd be really interested to know what these other conventional treatments are, because what we know about red light therapy is that it's safe, it's effective, it's non-invasive, and it's cheaper than a lot of other things such as pharmaceuticals and other type of invasive treatments. Red light therapy is kind of a win-win-win in that situation. So even though it's not more effective than other conventional treatments, we do know that red light therapy, like I just said, is 
very beneficial in many ways. So even if it's not more effective, let's say it's as effective, just for example, I'm not saying this is the case for breast cancer-related lymphedema, but let's say it's as effective as taking aspirin or ibuprofen for the purposes of this thought process. What we know about taking ibuprofen, especially on an empty stomach, is that it's terrible for your stomach lining and your small intestine lining. Although it does help reduce inflammation and it can help reduce pain and reduce swelling and all that good stuff, there are some negative side effects. But what we know about red light therapy is there's basically no negative side effects. So if it can do the same thing as ibuprofen, but without the negative side effects, then that's where red light therapy becomes very powerful. But again, I'm not saying this is the case uh, based on this 2017 systematic review, but it is saying that red light therapy is more effective at uh, reducing edema compared to the sham or no treatment, but it's not more effective than other conventional treatments. So it would be nice to know what those other conventional treatments are, but needless to say, red light therapy is effective. Moving on to dysmenorrhea. And dysmenorrhea is the most common gynecologic disorder among female adolescents with a prevalence of 60 to 89.5%. Common dysmenorrhea symptoms are tension, irritability, depression, anxiety, bloating, abdominal cramps, breast tenderness, joint pain, and headaches. A lot of not-so-fun things to deal with, ladies, so I feel, I feel you there. But moving on here, even though dysmenorrhea has been well-defined, the cause of dysmenorrhea has not yet been well elucidated. Dysmenorrhea is closely associated with poor contractile pattern of the uterine muscle. Prostaglandins are important stimulators of uterine contractility. Excess production of endometrial prostaglandin may be one of the main causes of dysmenorrhea. Women with dysmenorrhea have high blood levels of prostaglandins, which are known to cause cramping abdominal pain, strong uterine contractions, and temporarily reducing or stopping the blood supply to the uterus, thus depriving the uterus of the oxygen resulting in contractions and pain. So just as a, as a quick review, this cramping and abdominal pain that lead to the strong uterine contractions well, this leads to a reduced blood flow, thus reduced oxygen, thus the muscles aren't given the oxygen and nutrients that they require. So then it's a vicious cycle where they continue to tense up, and then you get these dysmenorrhea-like symptoms. Many dysmenorrhea treatment methods have been tried, and the most commonly used one is the administration of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Kind of like I just spoke about in that example just prior about red light therapy compared to ibuprofen. But again, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs are the most commonly used administration or treatment method, but they're associated with a number of negative side effects. Like I just spoke about, it tears up your stomach lining and tears up your small intestine lining. However, red light therapy may be a non-invasive, safe option to help reduce symptoms related to dysmenorrhea. A 2011 study with 31 subjects demonstrated that all women who underwent active red light therapy treatment showed a 50% reduction in pain scores during the first or second menstrual cycles after red light therapy treatment. The finding from this study suggests that smooth muscles in the uterus might be relaxed enough to restore normal smooth muscle function through extended light dose. And they used only red light in the study, not near infrared, so they used red light only. The research proposes that 
The abnormal function of parts of smooth muscles in the uterus is secondary to long-term deficient blood supply into smooth muscle tissue caused by disease or stress. Moving on to the last topic, endometriosis. And endometriosis is present in about 10% of women of reproductive age with the incidence increasing in the middle-aged women. The spectrum of possible symptoms may include dysmenorrhea, chronic pelvic pain, and pain related to ovulation. It can result in fatigue, infertility, abnormal bleeding from the uterus, and problems with the bladder and bowel. It also has negative effects on quality of life, impacting on social life and work as well as on reproduction and ability to have a family. Additional symptoms which may develop include allergies, fibromyalgia, asthma, eczema, autoimmune inflammatory disease, chronic fatigue syndrome, and hypothyroidism. As well as in women diagnosed with the disease after the age of 40, they also have an increased risk of breast cancer due to prolonged exposure to raised levels of endogenous estrogen. Treatment goals for endometriosis include pain alleviation, preserving fertility, and minimizing adhesions. The most common reason for a woman to seek treatment is pain alleviation. Retrospective findings show poor long-term symptom reduction from the medical and surgical treatments commonly available, and each is associated with numerous side effects. Red light therapy is quick to reduce inflammation and painful symptoms. A 2018 study found that pulsed high-intensity laser therapy utilizing near-infrared light showed that the laser therapy group experienced a statistically significant decrease in severity of pain and adhesions with a highly statistically significant improvement in their quality of life. So that's a pretty big piece of research as far as being able to reduce inflammation and pain with endometriosis. But moving on to the research here, there's a decent amount. This piece of research is from, let's see, 2018. They go on to say, and let me see, this is for endometriosis. Before the course of treatment began, most of the red light therapy group members felt severe pain or unbearable pain. That's 90% of the group members. This was significantly reduced after treatment, with the majority of participants reporting no or mild pain. 85% of them reported that. In conclusion, high-intensity laser therapy is effective in treating and reducing endometriosis symptoms and in improving patients' quality of life. And so this is actually a really good segue because this is the same piece of research I cited at the end of that endometriosis section that found that pulsed high-intensity laser therapy was statistically significant for reducing pain and improving quality of life. Going a little deeper, it showed that 90% of that red light therapy group was dealing with severe or unbearable pain and that 85% of them had significantly reduced or no to mild pain after red light therapy treatment. So pretty darn impressive. Moving on to this next piece of research, this one's from 2012, looking at dysmenorrhea. And it goes on to say, all 21 participants in the low-level laser therapy group, another term for red light therapy, reported either complete pain relief or significant reduction in pain of their dysmenorrhea. All women who underwent active low-level laser therapy showed a 50% reduction in their visual analog scale, which is a scale for pain, during their first or second menstrual cycles after active low-level laser therapy treatment, which is clinically significant, those numbers. Pretty impressive 
Red Light Therapy doing well for dysmenorrhea and endometriosis so far with these two pieces of research. Uh, This third one is from 2012 as well, and it is looking at infertility. It goes on to say, low-level laser therapy for women with severe infertility has been shown to have what is really surprising success with a pregnancy rate of 21.7% after at least four years of failure with other assisted reproductive technology methods and a successful birth rate in over half of those pregnancies. So I know I didn't have a section because this was, I believe, the only piece of research about red light therapy and infertility, but there does seem to be some pretty darn impressive benefits according to this piece of research. And I'll even add that I've had a prominent holistic healthcare practitioner that a lot of you might even follow on Instagram. She reached out to me and said one of her patients reported that they now have a baby boy because they used one of the BioLite Shine devices and Prior to that, they were infertile. They weren't able to have kids. They used the Shine device consistently. And the person in their message to the practitioner said they believe wholeheartedly that it was mainly because of that device that they now have a baby boy. And that just put the biggest smile on my heart when when I got that message and I read that. And it's like, wow, that's that's why I do red light therapy. That's why I love to educate the masses and I love to provide information and products to the masses for moments like that. I mean, you you really can't put a price on that. And that's just one of the many, many things that red light therapy can help with. But uh, assisting with and facilitating bringing life into the world is pretty darn cool, to put it lightly. Moving on from that, this last piece of research, and this one also has to do with endometriosis, it goes on to say that in conclusion, Red light therapy is effective in treating and reducing endometriosis symptoms and in improving patients' quality of life. It is suitable for the use as an alternative conservative therapy to current medications, which are associated with numerous side effects. I don't think I told you guys, but that is also from 2018. So that's the information, and that is the research on women's health. And of course, that was at the time that I wrote this third edition, which was back around Labor Day of 2021. So as I go through updating this fourth edition, I'm sure I'll be adding more information, more research, and fingers crossed, hopefully some more protocols. But moving on to our very last section, our last health condition in the ebook, it is wound healing. And just like the skin, there are a lot of benefits or ways that red light therapy can help heal wounds. Of course, it's very superficial, just like skin, a little deeper for some of them. So you'll basically be using just red light, unless it's a very, very deep cut or deep burn, something like that, then you may want to integrate near infrared, but predominantly red light only. But regardless, let's move on to the information. Wound healing is a dynamic process that coordinates cellular events essential for tissue repair and the reestablishment of the epithelial barrier function. The healing process consists of three main overlapping phases. First, the inflammatory phase, followed by cellular proliferation and the tissue remodeling phases. Red light therapy plays a positive role in increasing cellular proliferation and viability of mesenchymal stem cells, endothelial cells, osteoblasts, lymphocytes, epithelial cells, and fibroblasts. Red light therapy provides more effective and efficient healing of soft tissue wounds by enhancing the rate and extent of epithelialization. These results 
also show that red light therapy plays an important role in normalized wound healing by affecting keratin expression and that illumination provides a safe, easily applicable, and cost-effective treatment of surface wounds. Skin wounds are amongst the most common health problems worldwide. In the event of injury to the skin, wound healing is initiated for the reconstruction and restoration of the stability and function of damaged tissue. Typical progression of wound repair is divided into overlying stages. First, inflammation. Second, cellular proliferation, or also known as re-epithelialization. And then lastly, tissue remodeling. A disrupted wound repair process often leads to the development of chronic wounds. In chronic wounds, extreme hypoxia, mostly critical towards the center of the wound, affects appropriate healing and often leads to reduced cellular survival. Along with hypoxia, chronic inflammation and edema impedes the wound healing process. Since we're talking about the ebook in this episode, I thought, why the heck not give my loyal audience, my loyal podcast listeners, an exclusive discount? The discount is going to be for the lifetime subscription of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook. And what is special about the lifetime subscription is that by purchasing the lifetime subscription, you will be receiving every single ebook that is released because I update the ebook every six months or so. So twice a year, I'll update the ebook, including updated information relative to red light therapy. I'll update the protocols that I currently have, and I'll be adding new protocols as the information comes out. So the ebook is constantly being updated every single year. And again, by getting the lifetime subscription, you pay one price and you receive every single ebook going forward. So let's say we get to, you know, the 30th edition, you just paid one small price for 25, 26 ebooks. So for my loyal listeners, I'm going to give you guys a 25% discount off the lifetime subscription. And the coupon code is RLT podcast. And that is all lowercase because it is case sensitive. Again, that's RLT podcast as in red light therapy podcast. Go to biolight.shop, select the lifetime subscription of the red light therapy treatment protocols ebook, type in RLT podcast and get that bad boy for 25% off. Red light therapy is unique in that it can effectively address these two main issues facing wound healing and especially chronic wounds. The four major biologic responses evoked by red light therapy are alleviation of pain and inflammation, a modulated immune response, and tissue healing and regeneration. Secondary to improve circulation and thus enhanced oxygenation to the tissues. Research shows that red light therapy can benefit the healing process in burns, diabetic foot ulcers, venous ulcers, pressure ulcers, and everyday wounds from paper cuts to scrapes. Looking at a couple of them specifically, diabetes mellitus. And so chronic wounds are a common complication seen in diabetes mellitus, or DM we'll call it. And often the severity necessitates amputation of the lower limbs. DM is a metabolic disorder characterized by various complications that affect virtually every system of the body. Chronic wounds of the foot, also known as diabetic foot ulcers, are debilitating. DM affects almost 20% of the population worldwide, and by 2030, it is projected that the incidence will increase to around 400 million cases. 400 million. Diabetic foot ulcers are chronic, difficult to heal wounds and are a major health problem worldwide. 
Chronicity of wounds in DM is characterized by resistance to conventional therapy. And then looking at combining therapies. So combining effective treatment therapies can be a powerful way to accelerate the healing process and ensure that the wound healing progression is effective and efficient. For example, hyaluronic acid has the ability to simulate fibrin development, phagocytic activity, neutrophil and macrophage mobility, and release of chemotaxic factors to fibroblasts, which contribute during the granulation phase of wound healing. The use of gold nanoparticles in the treatment of wounds is due to their anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties, capable of assisting in the tissue repair process by reducing the levels of pro-inflammatory cytokines and their capacity of cell inhibition and cell proliferation, which prevents the exacerbation of the inflammatory process and acceleration of wound healing. So those two are the big ones for combining therapies for wound healing, hyaluronic acid and gold nanoparticles. Research has demonstrated that treating wounds with a combination of red light therapy, hyaluronic acid, and gold nanoparticles may lead to superior wound healing. And there is a boatload of research here on wound healing. This one is from 2020. They go on to say, photobiomodulation stands out as one of the most efficient resources in the treatment of epithelial lesions. Some studies have suggested that mitochondria are the primary laser target in epithelial tissue. This next one on diabetic foot ulcers, this one's from 2017. This research noted a significant improvement in photobiomodulation treated wounds, which were 30 to 50%, in a majority of subjects compared with minimal changes in the control group. So 30 to 50% improvement compared to minimal with a non-red light therapy group. Another one on diabetic foot ulcers, this one's from 2018. Results demonstrated significant improvements in wound areas following photobiomodulation treatments that correlated with increased pro-healing factors, including vascular endothelial growth factor, or angiogenesis, and tumor growth factor for the matrix and epithelial closure, whereas tumor necrosis factor, which is inflammation levels, were reduced. So you saw increased growth factors increased matrix and epithelial closure, and reduced inflammation. This one on burn wounds, and this is from 2018. All subjects reported less pain and pruritus after photobiomodulation treatments with reduced inflammatory exudate and fibrin with improved re-epithelialization and granulation tissue organization compared with the contralateral control sites. So that's a pretty cool piece of research in the sense that they had people dealing with burns on both sides of their body and they treated just one side of their body with red light therapy and left the other not treated with red light therapy. So that's cool because it's the same person, same biology, but you get to see the benefits or lack thereof of red light therapy. And according to this piece of research, a lot of great benefits to be had with red light therapy. This one is from 2020. They go on to say, it has been shown that the association between photobiomodulation and gold nanoparticles generates a greater wound contraction effect compared to the use of each therapy alone because the combination of both techniques promotes shortening of the inflammatory phase and promotion of angiogenesis and production of collagen. This piece of research is from 2021, so really not that long ago. They go on to say, our study demonstrates for the first time that while Red light therapy accelerates 
epithelial migration, it promotes chromatin remodeling and mobilizes the population of stem cells. So they're showing a couple of cool benefits there, namely the chromatin remodeling and, of course, its ability to mobilize stem cells. And this last piece of research from 2020. The results of this study allow us to observe that gold nanoparticles were effective mainly in controlling the inflammatory process and modulating the cellular redox state. In contrast, the use of photobiomodulation and hyaluronic acid caused greater benefits in view of increased fibroblast activity and collagen production. Together, the combination of all therapies induced a significant increase in the acceleration of the tissue repair process. For the protocols, I have one for burn wounds, diabetic ulcers, general wound healing, and then pressure ulcers and venous ulcers. So a lot of uh, wound healing protocols because there's a lot of great research out there showing how beneficial it really is. And so that really brings us to the end of the health portion, health conditions part of the ebook. So let's quickly go over safety. First, looking at the eyes. Eyes are some of the most mitochondrial dense tissues in our body, third to only the brain and heart. So it makes sense that they could benefit from red light therapy. Scientific research has demonstrated that red and near-infrared light irradiation can even regenerate damaged retinal tissue. Red light therapy's ability to act as an anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and anti-apoptotic protector, apoptotic being cell death, makes it a strong candidate to assist with age-related macular degeneration as well. It seems that near-infrared is the most beneficial for the mitochondria and thus the most efficacious choice for eye treatments, along with the fact that the sheer brightness of red light may lead to unwanted eye damage. With that being said, we advise that you consult with a medical doctor and or ophthalmologist before commencing red light therapy eye treatments. And of course, since this ebook came out, there has been a lot of great research on red light therapy and eye health, and specifically red light. So this section is actually going to be quite updated in the fourth edition. But regardless, the point that was being made in this section is that if you're going to use red light therapy for eye health, using near-infrared is efficacious and it's much easier on the eyes because you're not looking into bright light because near-infrared light is invisible to us. But like I just mentioned, there is some really profound research that's come out the last three or six months showing that you can use red and or near-infrared for a variety of eye health reasons from age-related macular degeneration, retinal healing, and just increasing uh, visual acuity and color acuity. Again, a lot of those pieces of research are utilizing red light, but it would be to a much lesser power or irradiance compared to what comes out of these uh, red light therapy panels or devices. So you definitely want to make sure it's a lower-powered device and or that you're just a greater distance away from that panel or device so that the light irradiance isn't so high and then it would be safer for your eyes. The next section here, a little small section, safety with pregnancy. And so currently, there is no data to verify one way or another as to whether red light therapy can be harmful for pregnant women. However, women are constantly exposed to sunlight, which has both red and near-infrared wavelengths, during pregnancy. But due to the fact that these two wavelengths, red and near-infrared, are being emitted in concentrated doses compared to the full-spectrum sunlight, there may be some unexpected effects. But again, this hasn't been elucidated in the research. 
Some articles have pointed out that relevant research suggests that using red light therapy on other parts of the body away from the belly or womb is likely safe. But again, consult with a medical doctor for their professional opinion before administering red light therapy treatments. Uh, Looking at side effects for red light therapy. Red light therapy is extremely safe and it is rather difficult to quote-unquote overdose on this type of light. But as with any type of biological treatment, there are some potential negative side effects. And while the possibility is there, negative side effects are relatively infrequent. Reported symptoms include nausea, fatigue, and exacerbation of pain one to two days after treatment. So that's kind of it when it comes to, to side effects. And those, those symptoms you see with the nausea and fatigue is likely due to your body having a detox response. So while it doesn't feel good, your body detoxing is a sign of healing. And if you're to do consistent red light therapy treatments, those detox symptoms should go away. If they don't, you may want to reassess your treatment protocol because you may be over-treating and you may want to decrease the dosage of your treatment and see if that kind of mitigates or, or abolishes those symptoms of nausea, fatigue, and headaches. But lastly here for safety, contraindications. And this is the cool part. No contraindications have been found with respect to light-emitting diode red light therapy or LED red light therapy. The wavelengths engineered into the BioLite devices are therapeutic wavelengths of light. We use 660 nanometers for red and 850 nanometers for near-infrared. They do not utilize the potentially harmful wavelengths such as UV or ultraviolet light. LED red light therapy is a technology that was originally developed by NASA and has been successfully used for medical purposes for many, many decades. And although there are no contraindications for LED red light therapy, I still advise that you consult your doctor and seek their professional medical advice. Although if you're going to go to an allopathic doctor, they're probably not going to have heard of red light therapy. But again, I would still advise or or suggest or uh, recommend that you bring it up to your doctor because they need to be exposed to red light therapy, pun intended. And so by you bringing it up to them, hopefully if it's their first time being exposed to red light therapy, it'll kind of get them thinking and curious and interested. And if it's brought up to them enough times, then maybe they'll look into it for themselves and even though it may be a long shot, maybe they'll start integrating it into their plan of care or suggesting it to other patients if they do their due diligence and research and see that it's efficacious and safe. But lastly, guys, let's look into some considerations for red light therapy. Some personal factors. Evidence suggests that a number of factors will alter the treatment protocol to achieve a desired outcome, including skin pigmentation, where greater melanin content necessitates a greater dose. And similarly, greater amounts of adipose tissue between the skin and target tissue will also necessitate a greater dose to reach the target. And below is the summary of important factors to take into consideration that may affect red light therapy treatment outcomes. And the first one is age and health status. If you're young and healthy compared to older and frail compared to young and unhealthy compared to older and vibrant, those four examples those bodies are going to react differently to red light therapy. And so that's why there's kind of a wide range with, with the protocols provided in the ebook is because everyone's biology and part of it's going to be based on your age and health status. Your biology is going to respond slightly differently compared to your mom or dad versus your next door neighbor versus your best friend. So that's why it's an N equals one experiment, meaning 
if you're going to utilize these protocols in the ebook or just go for a general treatment like 10 minutes full full body, you need to see how your specific body reacts and adjust accordingly. If you happen to get great results with that 10 minutes, then keep plugging away. But looking on to some other ones, we have severity and duration of the health condition. If you have something that's acute versus chronic, it's going to respond quicker and the results are going to be more immediate. It's going to take less treatments. Chronic conditions are going to take much longer. Skin pigmentation, we covered that. Melanin versus less melanin. Well, more melanin is going to require a larger dose. Adipose tissue. If there's more adipose tissue to go through, you're going to lose more and more light to get to that target tissue. So you're going to probably require a larger dose compared to uh, a part of the body or someone else that has less adipose tissue. Medications. There can be different interactions with light and different types of medications like steroids, opioids, calcium channel blockers, etc., so it would be good to consult with your doctor or, or pharmacist if you, if you can and see how light interacts with those medications because either the light can alter the medication or the medication can be altered by the light. So it can work, work both ways. So especially if you're someone who's taken a handful of medications, it would be best if you did your due diligence to see how light affected the medication and vice versa. And then we have nervous system sensitivity. Normal sensitivity versus hyposensitivity, meaning someone with a depressed nervous system versus hypersensitive nervous system. Someone that has fibromyalgia, their nervous system is very sensitive, meaning it takes much less of a stimulus for their nervous system to go off and send a pain signal to their brain. So that's just another variable to consider. And then mental status, whether someone has certain personality traits, whether they're anxious or depressed or have a different type of mood disorder. All these things can potentially alter the effectiveness or or the dosage required to have an effective red light therapy treatment. Then lastly, disease factors. And so not all conditions will be responsive to red light therapy. For example, if you are dealing with a structural injury, such as a herniated disc, a torn labrum, or, or a bone spur somewhere, red light therapy will not be able to alter the structure. So if you have a herniated disc, red light therapy is not going to change that herniated disc. If you have a torn labrum, it's not going to change that torn labrum. If you have a bone spur, that bone spur is going to continue being a bone spur. The red light therapy is not going to alter the structure. However, with that being said, red light therapy treatments will likely reduce inflammation, improve circulation, and enhance mitochondrial health around the area that you're targeting, all which may help to modulate pain levels and improve quality of life. So that's kind of the key take home from that is that if you do have a structural issue, you can still use red light therapy to to hopefully reduce pain, maybe help with the healing process, and again, improve quality of life. But just know red light therapy, again, is not going to fix the herniated disc. It's not going to fix the torn labrum. It's not going to fix the bone spurs. Those are things that would need to be either surgically or mechanically altered. And by mechanically, I mean like physical therapy. With that being said, guys, I'm looking through the FAQs, but they're very, very basic FAQs. I'll be adding more FAQs that are a little more specific or that I get a lot from different customers or people just interested in red light therapy, and I'll be sure to add those to the ebook, and then I'll cover those in a future solo sode. But for the time being, I think that's going to be a good ending spot for this solo sode. Uh, With that being said, that wraps up our adventure through 
the third edition of the Red Light Therapy Treatment Protocols ebook. And again, I'm hoping to be releasing the fourth edition really by the end of June. So in a couple of weeks here, I'm hoping to release that fourth edition, which will have a lot more information, more research, and more protocols. With that being said, I hope you guys have enjoyed this little adventure we've had with the ebook. And of course, I'll be continuing to release great interviews. If you guys have any suggestions or want any specific types of people to be interviewed, whether it's certain topics or type of health experts, please reach out, send me an email, send me a direct message through social media. I'm always looking for suggestions and I always am looking for, for different ways to provide you guys with with information. Of course, red light therapy is specific, but health, wellness, and longevity related as well. And so with that being said, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining me on another solo sode. If you haven't yet, please leave a quick five-star review on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify Podcast, because now on Spotify, you can leave that five-star review. So please take the quick 20 seconds, leave those five-star reviews, and that way this podcast can reach more and more people who can then also learn about red light therapy and hopefully be positively impacted like you have. So without further ado, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and or weekend whenever you're listening to this. And as always, light up your health. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.